You ready? I'm ready. Awesome. I'm ready. Hello, makers. Welcome to the Making Conversation podcast, where we chat all about making, the app and the act. I'm Jen, head of marketing for making. My pronouns are she, her, and my making app username is Knit Pearl. Now, if you've been following along, you know that we were at Flock Fiber Festival a few weekends ago and how magical that whole weekend was. Everyone we talked to, again, was just so phenomenal, so fantastic, so, so special. Ah, I just, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. Anyways, we have more vendor interview sneak peeks for you. Um, also, just, uh, just gonna admit something here. I told everyone that I was going to have these vendor meet and greet videos all edited up by last week. Well, I am an overachiever and I'm going to admit that right now because uh, they're going to come out in waves and they will be done as soon as possible. But in the meantime, we have these sneak peeks that are so good. Uh, Again, you can watch this on YouTube, which should we should we put the podcast on YouTube more? I don't know. Let me know. Maybe go to YouTube and comment yes or no, or send me a note on the making app, Knit Pearl. Going through these vendor interviews has been so fun, revisiting all the stories, and they're so worth the watch for sure. So they will be uploaded to the making app soon, I promise. In the meantime, here's a little podcast episode with some sneak peeks, and we will have part three coming very soon, so keep an eye out for that and an ear out for that. Yeah that. Anyways, let's hop back to the Flock Fiber Festival weekend, the most amazing weekend, and let's chat with a few vendors, shall we? All right, we're going to kick it off with Sarah from Sea Change Fibers. And for you, where did your journey in craft in general start? Um, knitting for me started after my child was born and I wanted to be able to make things for him. Yeah. And, um, I was already a sewer, um, but then I started knitting then and that just like really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was there something from your childhood that kind of like introduced it to you and you revisited it later in life? Not so much with the knitting. My, my mom was, she would do some crocheting. She did a lot of macrame. She did a lot of like weaving and she was, she and my grandmother were both um, big sewists. Um, so that was more what I grew up with was, you know, there was a lot of crafting, but knitting was more like me kind of branching out, I think. Hi, I'm Sophie, and you may notice my weird accent because I'm from Yorkshire uh, in the UK. Um, so I've traveled, I think it's nearly 3,000 miles to oh um, Fiber Flock Festival. Fiber Flock Fiber? What? Flock Fiber yeah. Festival, yeah. I've been getting it wrong the whole time. I mean, if you've traveled this far, you're you're allowed to have a few missteps, yeah. Um, so yeah, I run a company called Botanical Yarn, and I hand dye wool inspired by botanicals. Um, and my making app uh, username is Botanical Yarn, as is my Instagram, YouTube, website, all of those. I love it. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Okay. So let's start with talking about you. Uh oh. (laughs) Tell us your journey as a maker. Where did everything begin? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. I like that question. Um, I studied um, fine art painting at university um, in London. So that was great fun. And I specialized in abstract uh, painting playing with color and pigments and textures. Yeah. So I love that. 
graduated from uni and was like, oh, what do I do? Like, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so worked for a corporate company in London, um, had a great time of organizing events. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. So I dabbled, I'd started knitting with the company Wool and the Gang. You know, the oh, big yeah. wool. Yes, yeah. yeah. And crocheting with Toft. Have you heard okay, of yeah. Amigura me. Yes. Those, those animals. <laughs> um, and then I I didn't have enough color that I wanted. There wasn't the right pigments, it wasn't the right shade and tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just had a go. Just had a go. And that was nearly five years ago. I oh I love it. I there's actually been quite a few people who have said that their like yarn dyeing journey began because they couldn't find the color that they wanted yeah. and then they turned it into a business. That's, I love that. That's that's uh dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Meet B from Wool Dreamers. It's kind of amazing just starting a business, if you just do it, it just goes. I don't know. It's kind of fun. You know, I've never had my own business before. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you just say, hi, I have yarn. Would you like some? And they're like, yeah, great. Let's do it. And then it works out great. So um, just been really lucky. I'm so grateful to be part of the team and that the reception has been so welcoming. So take me back all the way to the beginning of where your maker journey started. Oh, so um, growing up, you know, my mom was always like sewing and making clothes and costumes for us. And I learned how to knit around 13 taught a lot of my friends how to knit and like started a knitting club. And um, when I went to college, I was originally going to study biology. But then one night I just got this wild hair that I wanted to go into garment design and saw that my school had a textile design program. And so I immediately switched into that and um, explored a lot of like a bit of garment making, a lot of surface design and a bit of weaving. Um, And then over the years, I ended up getting more into weaving. So in my personal practice, I do a lot of tapestry weaving. Um, And then I worked at a yarn store for several years, Yarn Barn of Kansas. And over the time there, I ended up teaching and learning a lot. It was almost like a master's program, like on its own thing. So now I'm involved with this company, Wool Dreamers, and we're just developing um, more support for the development of like natural fibers throughout the country. My name is Caitlin Porter, and I am the owner and dyer, basement dyer of Porter Woolco. Um, I dye yarn, I dye fiber, and I love everything about all the above. <laughs> Let's start off with talking about your journey as a maker. So before you um, started your business, where did the creativity and everything start? Where did it come from? Should we go back to like where, who taught All the way back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) It was a Christmas party and my Grammy had always knit and she used to knit like, you know, the cloth dishcloths, like the, you knit them corner to corner. Yeah. Um, I was like, what is this? And can you teach me how to do it? It just looks like fun. And so she taught me that Christmas. And then, um, I saw this like abercrombie like when abercrombie was like really popular yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i can i can still smell walking by that in a mall oh that's a 
scarfs, like hired people to spray. They had this like really chunky scarf. It was like this burgundy red and this creamy white. And so like I went to the craft store and I bought like the wool, the thick and quick, you know, by yeah, brand. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to make this. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can like make my own stuff. So then of course there was like a little hiatus probably wasn't until like college um, when I met my husband and um, when we started dating, my mother-in-law was knitting and I was like, oh my gosh, I know how to do that. Um, A bonding moment. And so, you know, like the jokes about your mother-in-law that, you know, the strained relationship. Yeah. I don't have that the bond <laughs> over knitting and, and making. And now she has a yarn dyer for a daughter-in-law. So she loves it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, like, yeah, yeah. approved, yeah, approved. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, how I became a dyer. Um, I was a high school English teacher and uh, we had two children at the time. And uh, then we accidentally had a third as those things happen. Mm-hmm. And with nothing. And um, I couldn't read all the essays on the weekend anymore. And I couldn't, I was, I was doing my students a disservice by not being able to um, give them the time that, or give my job the time. I took a year off and when my son was born and mm-hmm. uh, my husband at the time, you know, cause we're a family of five, my husband at the time um, got a promotion to a project manager in construction. And we were like, let's, let's do this. Like I can be a stay at home mom. It's more expensive for me to work and get a salary and have to pay for childcare. So I couldn't afford to knit with hand-dyed yarn because we were a single income family. And, and so Die Hard Yarns in Chicago um, had a dye class and I was like, Dave, my husband, Dave, I was like, Dave, I need to, I need to go. Like, I, I don't know, like we need, I need to save money and like buy this flight and like go take this class and I want to start a business. And he was like, okay, if, if you want to do it, like I'll support you. And it literally the weekend that COVID was like, like state of emergency. Oh my gosh. March, like 12, 13. I was like, I was in Chicago. Like when this all happened, I, I like remember calling Dave and I was like, what do I do? Like, do I come home? Do I? And he's like, no, like, like you're, you're there already. Take the dye class. Um, and we were all like, we still didn't know what COVID was at that time. We were so, I feel like we were young and naive. (laughs) back then <laughs> remember everyone we were as careful as we could have been we all like washed mm. our hands or masks because we were hand dying and we were dying with acid dyes we were wearing masks or anybody else was there you go after that weekend i mean other dyers can probably attest to and everybody with the toilet paper shortage there was yarn shortage as well okay wait rewind a little bit because what you said was i'm going to go take this class because i'm yeah. going to start a company yeah Really? Yeah. I was like, I want to dye colors that I want to knit with a way for me to do what I love, Mm -hmm. but also like make supplemental family income and, and fulfill my creative dreams. I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to, they're like, I 
started dyeing yarn because it was a hobby or I was just wanted to learn or like I couldn't find the color that I wanted and you're just like I don't know how to do this but I'm gonna learn and make a business and that's just (laughs) I mean so that's amazing I have to say like there's no way I could have done it on my own there are so many amazing dyers out there who are not proprietary at all um like machete shop Brittany from machete shop she's in um pennsylvania she's like a couple hours north of me you know i i would have a question about a dye or something and i would just message her um amanda solomon uh melanated boho bay she's amazing um like i'm always bouncing off ideas off of her she's you know sometimes we share dye recipes and stuff like that you know it's a community and um dying i feel like just like teaching you know um it can be very isolating and if you make it that way but there are amazing people in the business who aren't just out to make a buck for themselves mm-hmm. here to like improve the community as a whole and yeah. i really like i appreciate all of the people who have like kind of helped me along in my journey so there's kind of like a pass it on thing like Looking forward to eventually getting to the place where I feel like I have something to offer and help and mentor, you know, other people in that's the wonderful. Well. Please introduce yourself. Hi, yes, thank you. <laughs> also, a fellow Jennifer. Yes, I'm technically I'm Jennifer, but um, if somebody says that to me, I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer. What I do? I go well. I I go by Jenny. Yes. Yes. So I'm Jenny with 316 Dye Studio. Hi, everybody. Um, Out of Wichita, Kansas. So we made the trek from Kansas all the way to the West Coast. So super excited to be here. Yeah, it was a 27-hour drive. It was a little crazy. But, you know, we broke it up in a couple days. So it wasn't too bad. That's good. Yeah. Where did you, like, where did you stop along the way? Anything Uh, fun? um, Or was it just, like, maintenance driving? Yeah. Just got to go. Yeah. But we did spend a full day here. Uh, We had some friends that live around Portland area. So they drove into Seattle, and we went to the Chihuly Garden and Glass. So cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. we did do a little bit of sightseeing. Awesome. Okay. So tell me about your journey as a maker where did you get started yeah so I no one in my family does fiber arts really I'm yeah the odd person out I don't know if I'd say odd a family full of women you would think at least one but no nobody (laughs) wow so basically you're better than everyone. Yeah. So how I, how, I, how I started in my journey started in middle school with cross stitch. I did tons nice. of cross stitch. My friend, um, her mom did cross stitch and I was okay. like, that was so cool. So your friend's mom yeah, taught so, you. Yeah. Well, she, my friend taught me because her mom okay. taught her. So Got I like that. begged her. I was like, can you please, please teach me how to do this? And I just became obsessed with it. And yeah. I kind of branched off into learning to knit. I started when I was 18 for mm. knitting. And then after grad school, I started spinning. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of been my progression. And then after, I'd say like a few years, maybe after I graduated grad school, I started dying. I always had the interest in dying. Yeah. Um, and I remember taking lessons. So I took for hand spinning, we had a local art facility that teaches classes and one of them was spinning. And I remember the instructor being like, oh, if we have time, you know, we might like die. So I was like, and every time I would be like, are we dying today? Is that, <laughs> is that what we're practicing? Are we doing the dying yet today? Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's always been like an interest, but then like once I started it, it, it was just, that yeah, was it. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we've gone over this before, but I hear people pronouncing your name lots of different ways. How do you like it pronounced? I, in France, it's pronounced Amy, right? But I was born in the United States. And so it's Amy. Amy. And it's spelled the French way. So A-I-M-E-E. I respond to both. Okay. Um, funny story. I realized with my husband recently, when he needs to get my attention or he's mad at me, he calls me Amy in French. But like when he's just talking to me and it's just fine, it's Amy. And I just realized it recently. I was like, are you mad? You just called my name in French. And I just put that together. We've been married for 20 years. And that I didn't realize hilarious. that. <laughs> so, so it's interchangeable. So it's interchangeable. Based on the context. Absolutely. Okay. Amy or Amy, I will respond. Okay. Um, well, we talked not too long ago. I couldn't, I, was that this year or is that the end of last year? I think it was the end, end of, of last, last year. year. That's right. And that was a fun talk. That was one of my favorite episodes. That yeah. Done. We talk about yellow and just how like you found this freedom with yellow and the story behind that. And uh, I won't spoil it because people got to go listen. Yeah, they can go watch the podcast. Yeah. We get real deep in that one. And I really like, I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. Okay. So I just learned to spin last week. What? <laughs> last week? Last week. So I've been using the drop spindle and I tried to spin like... I think the last time I tried to spin was eight years ago when I was in Shetland. I was lucky enough to take a spinning class with Elizabeth Johnston. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone knows Shetland knitting, you know Elizabeth Johnston. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready, you know, and I even talked with her about it and she says, you're not ready. And so I feel like I need to go back to Shetland now and say like, I'm ready. Yeah. I learned last week. Um, I'm loving the drop spindle and we are going to be releasing fiber based on our confetti line. So this is our recycled um yarn initiative that we started at Levy and me to recycle in the fibers that we have the fiber waste from our studio mixing it with new fibers so this is a Shetland merino blend so Shetland wool plus um uh, super fine merino and inside I don't know if you can see here there's like little bits of colors and that's the little threads from my studio that have been combed into the fiber and you'll be able to hand spin this mm -hmm. make your own yarn yeah starting this fall how can you not absolutely adore Amy. I mean, every vendor, but got a special connection with Amy. Maybe it's because she's been on the podcast before, which, um, you know, they talked about in the beginning. And so that's why Ashley didn't ask about Amy's making journey because we've covered that in episode 107 of the Making Conversation podcast. So if you haven't heard that one and you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, definitely when you're done with this, Scroll back and take a listen to episode 107 because it is absolutely wonderful. If you're watching this on YouTube, I've linked our podcast below so you can go listen as well. What amazing people. We love them. We love them. So more coming soon. Promise. In the meantime, if you'd like to be a part of the amazing community on The Making App, head to themakingapp.com and sign up. Join us. Also, did you know that you can listen to the Making Conversation podcast in the Making app? Open up the Making app and tap Discover. Scroll down to Podcasts and they will all be listed there. You can listen while you're updating a project or while you are scrolling the feed and commenting on the amazing updates that people are giving on all of their multi-craftual projects. Or just have it out while you're working on your favorite whip. If you have made it this far and you're interested in sponsoring Making Conversation, send us a note at hq at makingco.com. If you're interested in having us at one of your events to collect some stories from the vendors and the makers that are attending, 
do the same. HQ at makingco.com. All right, y'all. Thanks for watching and or listening. We'll be back with part three soon. In the meantime, we'll see you in the making app.